We're going to get straight into the Word this morning. Just felt after that amazing time of gratitude and thanksgiving to God that rather than interrupt it with announcements and stuff, we're just going to get straight into God's Word. Does that sound good? And uh, But I also just feel that it would be appropriate to just pray as well for people here before we get into the Word. Um, Pete just informed me of someone who's at um, St. Albans who's going into... Uh, an operation, a major operation this week in relation to the cancer that she has. Um, and so we, we're going to pray for her, Val Fitzgerald. Um, but I know there's others in this place that you have needs. And um, so we're going to pray and uh, just take a moment just to pray for each other. And uh, if you have a need in your life, feel free to just, you know, open your arms to God and just ask him for his help and his strength and his healing. So let's pray. Lord God, we just bring everyone here who may be struggling with illnesses or difficulties in their life. And I think especially of Val Fitzgerald at St. Albans, Lord God, that she's facing a major obstacle this week. And I know there's others here that have significant things happening in their life. And I just pray that you are El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, the one that is able to sustain us through all things. And I just pray right now that your healing touch would come and minister to each one of these people, Lord God. And if there's fear, I pray that you'd take away fear and bring peace. And where there's sickness, that you'd bring healing and comfort, and that you would be all that they need at this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is officially my first message for 2022. Is that all right? Um, So it's exciting. Can't believe it's already February. 2022. Who's excited for Valentine's Day tomorrow? Any single people excited? We don't celebrate Valentine's Day in our family. Every day is Valentine's Day. When you're married to Julie, that's what it's like. Yeah, just amazing. But at the start of the year, we always like to be saying God what are you saying to us and it was really great last week Steve Woods coming and sharing because I I think his message really highlighted to us that idea even what we've sung this morning is that God is always speaking God is always wanting to communicate with us and he shared that illustration of the bird in the wind do you remember that and the bird would lean into the wind and hold stand firm and it really confirmed something in my heart to what I believe God is wanting to do in our church this year and in our lives this year. You know, at the start of the year, we often talk about, you know, different themes and, and whatever. And, and some years we've talked about consolidating and other years we've talked about expanding and doing stuff. And, and uh, the only thing I really felt God say to me at the start of this year is that it's a time for us to press into God like never before. That at this time that he is calling us deeper into relationship with him. It's not so much a time for rest or refreshing, but rather it's a time where we deepen our relationship with him. And in turn, as we deepen our relationship with him, we strengthen our face, our, our face, our faith, so that we can face the things before us, the things that are going to happen. Now, the... The idea is two words that God 
gave me is that are deeper and stronger. And like Steve had that picture of the bird, I had a picture of a tree, a strong, tall, standing tree in a field. And I saw a windstorm come and the tree standing firm in the storm. And I believe what God was saying to me is that the reason that tree is standing firm is because its roots run deep. And that he was calling us and saying to us, I want to call you deeper into me. Because the reality is, and the thing that God spoke to me, and you might not like hearing this, but the reality is things probably won't get much better. Is that depressing? I know we're looking at the end of this pandemic and that's great, but then you look at world news and you look at things happening in our society. We've got elections this year and all that sort of stuff. And there's things happening in Europe with Ukraine and Russia and all this stuff. There's this insecurity. And God said to me, like, things aren't probably going to get better. In, as a matter of fact, they probably will get worse. But the Bible is very clear that the people who put their trust in God alone, they will be like great trees that will not be shaken by whatever is happening around them. And so the scripture that God gave me was in Isaiah 61. If the guys got it on the screen, that would be great. Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 3, where it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, and the opening of the prison to those who who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and to console those who mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness and then it says this that they may be called trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Sounds like a good song, doesn't it? That they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now this passage, we understand, is a prophecy of Jesus coming, that the Messiah would come, and this is what the Messiah would come to do, that he would set captives free, that he has come to heal the brokenhearted, that he has come to, to give joy to those who mourn. And uh, these are the things that he came to do. But at the same time, it explains why he did that. He did it, as it says in our passage, that they may be called trees of righteousness. That he heals the broken and he, he sets the captives free, not just so they will be free and they will be healed, but he sets them free free so that they can be trees of righteousness righteousness for his glory one of the translations calls these trees oaks of righteousness who knows what an oak's like big trees significant trees trees that give great shelter and comfort trees that are strong and stable and this is the the idea of of what our passage is saying and what god wants us to understand is that he didn't just come to set us free and he didn't just come to heal us, but rather he came 
to establish us as great trees for his glory. His plan was much bigger than just these great things that we hear about healing and wholeness. His plan was much bigger. And Steve alluded to that last week when he talked about the fact that Jesus included his disciples in what he did. Remember how he sent them out two by two and they came back excited because they had healed the sick and they'd set people free, they'd cast demons out, they'd done that, those sorts of things. And so Jesus wants to include us in his ministry. He wants to involve us. He doesn't want it not to be about us as well, about us partnering with him in everything that he does. He came to establish us as trees that declare to everyone around us that he is God. Now, that means now we exist to fulfill this passage that the Spirit of the Lord is upon us because he has anointed us to preach good news to the poor, to set captives free. This is our responsibility now. And the thing that I love about this passage, if you keep reading it in the next part, it goes on after saying that they will be trees. What does it say? It says, they, who's it talking about? The trees of righteousness that God has planted will re rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. Foreigners will be your servants. Now you have to remember, this has been written to Jews in captivity to Babylon. And all of a sudden God is saying, instead of you being their servants, they're going to be your servants. And God turns it totally around. They will feed your flocks and plow your fields and tend your vineyards. And then it says this, and you will be called priests of the Lord, ministers of our God. This is what God is saying to us, that the ones he has planted, the oaks of righteousness that he has planted, they will now rebuild the cities. Who is that talking about? That's talking about us. That's talking about you and I. That now he has restored us, he has saved us, he has healed us, he has brought us into this place, and now it's us, his trees of righteousness, that we will rebuild the cities, that will repair the cities destroyed long ago. That's what we're called to do. And what's even more exciting is that we shall be called priests. We will be ministers of our God. Is it, think about this for a minute. It doesn't say he will establish ministers of God amongst you. Or there will be pastors amongst you or leaders amongst you who will do that work. No, it's all of us. It sounds to me a little bit like a priesthood of all believers. You with me? Not a, not a church that's relying on the pastor to do this and to do that and to lead us here and lead us there. No, I am a minister of the Lord. You are a minister of the Lord. We all are ministers of the Lord. And we are all called to this same purpose, that we will rebuild the cities, that we will repair that which has been broken down and, and left desolate for years and years. And it's all of us that are called to do it, not just the leadership team of 
the poor church. That's why I'm so excited when I hear testimonies of people that haven't been prayed for or anything like that, but they're just they're just in obedient to God and God is working in their life. Because this is the way God has called it to be. He's called us all, every one of us, to be trees of righteousness. He's called every one of us to be ministers of the Lord. Priests of the Lord. You see, the Bible often refers to his people, or God often refers to his people in the Bible to trees. This isn't the only passage where it says it. One of the famous ones is Psalm chapter 1. Anyone know this one? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. What is he like? He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all he does, he prospers. Does that sound good? I want to be that sort of tree. But the reality is God often compares our relationship with him to that of a tree. He uses the tree as an analogy to explain to us how our relationship with him works. And there's many lessons we can learn from this idea of a tree. Most importantly, I believe we need, we need to understand that the health of a tree is determined by its root system. As I said, I believe this year God is calling us to go deeper. And I believe the healthier the root system, the healthier the tree. Anyone know that? Got any herbologists or what do you call them? Arborists here, they'll tell you that. The reality is how do we know that a tree's root system is healthy? Sure, trees look can look great on the outside. They can look like they've got lots of leaves and they look healthy. But how do you really know that a tree is healthy or that its root system is healthy? Because as, as much as it looks great on the outside, does it, do you realize that trees, I don't know if this is a bit of a lesson for you as I was researching this, that the root system of a tree is literally two to three times bigger than what the canopy that you see you realize that you're all knowledgeable so you think of that lemon scented gum out front of the out the back of the church that we see every week that massive tree that the root system of that tree probably goes down twice as far as what you see above it's incredible isn't it that's a deep root system but the only way we really know that a tree has a healthy root system is not when the weather is nice and, and everything is, the sun is shining, and maybe there's, even if a little bit of rain comes, but the time when we really know a tree has a healthy root system is during a storm. When the storm comes, you discover which tree is healthy and which tree isn't. Because the tree that stands through a, a, a vicious storm is the one with the healthy root system. But you see it on the news when we've had a big storm come through and you see trees fall on houses and cars and, and you, their, their root system was actually shallow and couldn't keep it going through the storm. Isn't that right? 
It's a really interesting quote from Joni Erickson Tata. I don't know if you know her. She she was big in the 70s and 80s. She was a Christian young woman who became a quadriplegic, had an accident. And so she knew what storms were all about. She she was a healthy, able-bodied person who ended up in a wheelchair and couldn't move anything but above her shoulders. She used to paint pictures with uh, a paintbrush in her mouth. And she was a great uh, public speaker and a great encouragement to many people because even though the difficulties and the storms she went through, she still stood strong and her life was an amazing testimony of God's goodness. And she says this, The branches of growing trees not only reach higher, but their roots grow deeper. It's impossible for a strong tree to have high branches without having deep roots. It would become top-heavy and topple over in the wind. The same is true of, with Christians. It's impossible for us to grow in the Lord without entwining our roots around his words and deepening our life in his commands. And I believe this is what God is calling us to this year, that we wouldn't shrink back and that we wouldn't even just pause or rest, but his call to us this year is to go deeper. His call to us is to deepen our roots. And as we deepen our roots, we grow stronger in our faith. And when, well that, <clears throat> and we would become just like a tree that can withstand anything. That no matter what storms or what, what, whatever the world might try to throw at us, we will stay strong and stand firm. So let's look at this. How, so how can we deepen our roots and become stronger? Now, over the next few weeks, we're going to share more about this and others are going to share. And we're going to look at lots of different ways that we can deepen our roots and, and strengthen our faith. And there's lots of different things we can do. But today, I just want to give you a quick, <coughs> excuse me, quick overview and a quick idea of three basic fundamentals of how we can deepen our roots and strengthen our faith. Anyone want to know? Yeah? You keen? Stephen and Michelle are. Everyone else? No? Yeah, a couple others. A couple others. Good. <coughs> Don't you hate those tickles in your throat? Oh, Matthew, thank you. Thank you. My wife didn't help. But, so. so much for Valentine's Day. It's, uh, every day. That's, that's just, that's perfect, Matt. It's like room temperature and all. That's amazing. Good job. All right. So the first way we can deepen our roots, which is ob pretty obvious but pretty clear from our passage, is through the Word of God. In our passage, in Psalm 1, it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates, meditates day and night. And what's it say? He is like a tree planted by streams. Now, I'm going to just be completely honest. I'm not going to go into this in great detail. But the reality is, and i just got to say it straight, that you will never grow in your faith if you never spend time in God's Word. It's just the truth. Who likes truth? 
if you're not reading your Bible, if you're not spending time reading God's Word, you will never grow in your faith. Your roots will never deepen. And when storms come, you will be blown over by a storm. God's Word is His gift to us. And it's, it's an amazing gift that explains to us who our God is. So if you think you know who God is without reading the Bible, let me say this, you don't know who God is. Because He has clearly given us His character and His nature through His Word. And so if you're getting your ideas of who God is outside of God's Word, or from what Joe Blow says down the road, or what something I see on the internet, some bloke speaking, telling you what God is like, and there is no reference to God's Word, then it's not God. And that can be really challenging. I can tell you that can be very challenging because you, when you read God's Word, you read stuff, especially in the Old Testament, that you go, wow, God is tough. God is, like, there's stuff in there that, oh, I, I prefer the God of the New Testament. He's, he's nice and gracious and loving and kind, but then there's stuff in the Old Testament where he is angry and mad and wrathful. And the reality is we have to come to terms with how we understand that. And we'll talk about that more over the time uh, about who our God is, but you will only discover who God is and how he will, will relate to us by reading his word. This is the reality of it. Some people call God's word a handbook or an instruction manual. I like to see it basically as food. God's word is food. Who loves food? Well, if you're going to, you need food to grow physically, well, you need God's food to grow spiritually. And Jesus said it really clearly, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And in 1 Peter 2.2, it says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow. So let me encourage you. We'll talk about this more. I only want to give you a brief overview today. But let me encourage you, if you want to deepen your roots this year, work out a Bible reading strategy. If you want one, we have some out in the foyer that you can follow a plan that will take you through the Bible in a year and a, a few chapters a day and you'll read the whole Bible in a year. But make it your goal this year to get God's Word into you. Everyone can get an app on their phone these days. You can carry God's Word wherever you are. So instead of playing Wordle or Words with Friends, take that time and read some passages of the Bible because it will strengthen you. It will deepen you your roots and strengthen your faith the next thing that we need to do is pray or prayer is necessary if we're going to deepen our roots and strengthen our faith now when I talk about prayer I'm simply talking about having a relationship with God I'm not talking about asking God for stuff because that's you know that's a part of prayer but that is only a small part of what prayer is all about sadly we think of prayer and all we think about is what can God do for me what do I need God to do for me but prayer is so much more than that prayer is taking time with God and and giving him time it's really interesting that there's three things that natural trees need anyone has it a guess to what they are what what does a need what does it need what does a tree need to grow water sun 
What's the last thing? Soil. You read my notes. Water, sun, and soil are three basics to a tree's needs for growth. Without one of them, um, it won't grow. Or with limited amounts of each, it won't grow and flourish. You know, we have a really interesting situation at our home. We, this year we planted passion fruits along our side fence. And uh, there's a trellis there and we want them to grow up. And the other day, Julie and I walked out and we're looking at the passion fruits and they're they're about two meters apart along this fence. And the one closest to the house has grown a certain amount, but the next one's grown a little bit higher. And the next one along closest to the front has grown twice the size of all the rest. And we're looking at them and we're going, why on earth has that happened? They all are in the same type of soil. They all get watered by the same irrigation system, but each, it's literally small, medium size, and big. And we've realized that it's actually the amount of sun each gets in their positioning. And so the one that's been getting the least amount of sun has grown the least, but the one with the most amount of sun has grown the most. I find that fascinating. I might be boring you with that, tech, that science, but that's amazing. And it, it just spoke to me remember God is always speaking he is always wanting to say stuff to us that the more time we spend in God's presence the more we will grow the more we give God time the deeper our roots will go this is critical and and not just light is an idea of God's presence but then also the idea you can't just have light you need to have water as well so when we read our Bible guess what you're praying. That's a type of prayer. It's a type of having relationship with God. He's speaking out of his word. You're hearing. So that's another type of prayer. And the other part is soil. And we all know that Jesus talks of himself as you need to build on the right foundation. And, and, and to have strong faith, you need to not build on sand, but to build on him as the rock. That we need to plant ourselves in him. And all these things take time, don't they? You will not grow in your faith or deepen your, your roots if you don't spend time with God. Prayer is all about giving God our time. And this is, this is really interesting because, and let me just challenge a few paradigms here, because sometimes we think about prayer and all we think about, okay, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Is that right? And sometimes prayer is about closing your eyes. There is sometimes a need where you, you need to shut everything out and just focus on God. And so over the years we've developed this idea, okay, let's close, close your eyes and forget about everything else and let's just spend some time with God. And that, that is a good way to pray, but it's not the only way to pray. Let me challenge you with this idea that most of our praying should be done with our eyes wide open taking in everything that God is wanting to say. I just gave you an example of our passion fruits at home. I saw the passion fruits in different sizes and I realized God was speaking to me about that he is a light and time with him will cause me to grow. So most of our prayers should be done with our eyes open. When you're living your life day to day, going about doing your ordinary everyday things, 
be, have your eyes open, ready to see what God is doing. Because God is always working. Are you with me? God is always moving. God is always speaking. And what we can do is when we see God do great things, we can thank him. But guess what? You have to have your eyes open to see what God is doing. Amen? Eugene Peterson says, says this. You know, you, I can't preach a sermon without a quote from Eugene. But uh, prayers are not tools for doing and getting, but for being and becoming. Spending time in God's presence, spending time in his word, is not about us doing, 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 and getting, getting, getting. It's about us being who God has called us to be and becoming everything that he has called us to be. Our prayer life is not about us and what we can get, but it's all about giving God the time to make something of our lives. I'll say that again. Our prayer life is not about us and what we get. It's all about giving God our time so that he can make something of our lives. The last thing that I want to share today about deepening our roots and what we need is fellowship. Who loves fellowship? I, you might not agree with me, but I believe trees are at their finest when they are in forests. You know, a tree in a field is great. You see a big tree in a field. When I was in high school, we used to have a massive oak tree out in the oval. And uh, it looked great. And it was great when the rains came. You went and hid under it and stuff like that. And, you know, the naughty kids went and smoked under it and stuff like that. Um, and it's great. A, a tree like that is nice. But when you walk through a forest, um, when I turned 50, we went to Perth and we went to Margaret River. And we walked through some of the great forests down in the southern part of Western Australia and these massive trees. And you'd walk through and they'd, you couldn't see the sky because the, they were so high and so great. And there's just a sense of a forest that is amazing. And the idea is the, the fact that God is all about the fact that we are better when we're with others. That the analogy of the body of Christ shows us that, that we are all parts of his body and together we form his body and we f function as a community. And we are healthier when we are in community. The obvious scripture that you know we always use when it comes to a wedding, but I believe it's so much deeper than just about two people getting married. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12 says, Two are better than one because they have good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? And though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. I truly believe we can't deepen our roots alone. We can go so far, but... We need the help of others to grow. We need the help of others to get, grow deeper and become stronger. I read a really interesting study this week by an ecologist by the name of Susan Simard. And she works in the forests of British Columbia in Canada. And she discovered something really interesting. She discovered that trees in forests actually communi 
communicated with one another through their root system. There's, there's a whole fungal um, root system thing happening where a tree can talk to another tree and help it defend itself and help it um, keep itself from disease. Is this incredible? Like they're actually discovering this. And one way she discovered this is that years ago they were there was a forest of um, uh, what are they? Some type of fir tree. And in amongst the forest, there were also other trees, like birch trees and others amongst it. And these um, lumberjacks or whatever they were, decided we need to help the fir trees grow stronger. So we're going to get rid of all the other trees. So we're going to cut down all the birch trees and all the other trees because then that will give, logically, you think that will give more space for the fir trees to grow bigger and stronger because there's no competition amongst each other. Do you know what they discovered? The fir, the fir trees actually came down with a disease in their root system because there was something happening between the trees where they were protecting one another from this disease. But without the birch trees and the other trees there, the fir trees were vulnerable to this disease. How incredible is that? It's a great picture. Remember, God's always speaking. God's always moving. God's always doing stuff. It's a great picture that God is showing us through nature because God shows us his glory through nature that we were made not just to be with those who are the same as us, but we were made to live diversely with lots of other types of people and that we all need each other to grow. Isn't that cool? This is a great thing about God's word. It's already telling us things that we discover in nature that it's not good for one to be alone. We need each other. And this year, if you're going to see your roots grow deeper and if you're going to become stronger in your faith, you need each other. We need each other. We can't do it alone. Amen? All right. Just in closing, I want to finish with one last thought around this idea of trees and that trees are a symbol to us about what God has planned for us in our relationship. But in the olden days, the word for tree in Old English, I don't know if anyone knows this, but is the word triow, is how they used to write it down and say it. Anyone, you want to say that with me? Triow. It's how they called a tree, or what they called a tree. And really interestingly, as language developed, we actually, from this word triow, they derived the word Oops, true or truth is where we have actually derived the word true. The idea is that in the, the old people or people from long ago actually looked at trees and they saw something that was reliable, something that was consistent, something that was trustworthy, something that stood firm no matter what came, whatever storms, that they would come out after a storm and there would be that tree, that it was true. And so this is where we begin to understand that there is something fundamentally true about a tree. Each tree has a root system. Each tree has a trunk. Each tree has branches. Each tree has leaves. Each tree has some way of reproducing it might have flowers or acorns or something like that but it's all the same and it's all consistent and so trees are a great example to us of truth 
And so I was thinking about this and thinking, there are so many ways God could describe his people. He could describe us as so many different things, but he chose to describe us as a tree. And in my thinking, as I've been pondering that, maybe that is because he wants us to be a true reflection of who he is. That he would call us, he has called us, he has planted us as trees of righteousness. Why? For his glory. And the idea is that maybe that as we deepen our roots and as we grow stronger in our faith and, and be strong trees, that we would be a, an example to the world around us of what God is actually like. That people would see God in our lives and say, I want to know more about that. Because they look at us and they see us stand through storms and stand through difficulties and stand through hard times and we're still standing. They don't overwhelm us. They don't overcome us. And they go, what is different about you? And then we can tell them that what is different is that our roots aren't in our own strength or our own ability, but our roots are deeply planted in God. And the reason we stand is because of God in our lives. And this is the power of us deepening our roots and strengthening our faith, is that we would become true reflections of God's goodness to the world around us. That we would restore the ruined cities and repair the desolate places because we are strong and consistent and true trees of God's goodness. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word today. And it's just the beginning of the challenge you put before us to deepen our roots and to strengthen our faith. And I know everyone in this place may be challenged in different ways, whether it be in the Word of God or in time of prayer or fellowship with one another. But God, I pray that whatever it is that you are speaking into people's hearts today, that they would not just sit here and listen, but they will sit here and hear and act upon what you're saying. That if it means spending more time in your Word, that they would grab a hold of your Word and 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 make a plan to get more of your word into them or if it's to pray and spend time, more time with you that they would do that not just to pray to get and to do but to pray to be and to become Lord that's our prayer and even in the area of fellowship that we would not stand alone but we would stand together to help each other get stronger in our faith and to grow deeper in our knowledge of you. We ask you this in Jesus' name.